0: Welcome to Diverse, the podcast for the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, all together at altogether.swe.org. Are you taking full advantage of your SWE membership? Your membership grants you access to SWE advanced learning for career and life. Your membership unlocks free and discounted on-demand content 24 hours a day from around the world. The SWE Advanced Learning also has live learning. With multiple tracks, Advance offers something for every career and every stage of your career. SWE's many offerings feature subject matter experts from a wide variety of thought leaders in STEM and leadership. When you want to skill up, turn to Advance first. Access learning at advancelearning.swe.org.
1: Hi, I'm Anne Perusik, Director of Editorial and Publications for the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to Diverse, a SWE podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Today's episode is a roundtable discussion with three special guests. I'm joined with Lauren Stevens, Vice President of Programs, Northrop Grumman Corporation. Anita Besselmeyer, Senior Director of Corporate Computer Aided Engineering at Becton Dickinson and Company, and Luciana Taylor, Senior Director of Keysight's PathWave Software Solutions. All three of these women are featured in the latest issue of the Society of Women Engineers magazine in an article titled, Leadership for a New Resilience. When we developed the concept for this story... We envisioned something that would be substantial, but not heavy. And based on our interviews with these women, we were delighted to discover that their experiences provided the right balance of realism and optimism. As we all know, the last two years have brought a lot of hardship, obstacles, and challenges to our world. What I'd like to focus on today, though, is the new resilience that came out of what we called in the article a crucible of stress. We all had to adapt in different ways. So to get us started, I'd like to talk a little bit about the changes you all had to make to your leadership style because of the pandemic.
2: Hi, thank you, Anne. This is Lauren and uh, Lauren Stevens. And thank you for having me. It changed a lot. My leadership style changed a lot. There's There's a management philosophy out there that's called servant leadership. And what does servant leadership mean? Uh, Servant leadership uh, basically puts the needs of people first. And when you make sure that your people are taken care of, you know, everything else falls in place. And it really does foster, you know, a great culture in the work environment. And I had honestly always thought of myself as a, a servant leader and an empathetic leader. But during the pandemic, it really, you know, put that servant leadership to the test, if you will, and made me better for it. I was a uh, site leader of a very large manufacturing site for the company that I work for. And we have a lot of employees at this site. And I'm also responsible for the facilities, maintenance, environmental safety, health, and medical, and all the like, as well as all of the uh, diverse talent that we have across the entire site. And when the pandemic happened, we were split pretty much between those that can effectively execute the mission from home. And then those that needed to be on site to effectively execute the mission. And we had a lot of people that, you know, uh, like myself that were very scared and very nervous about, you know, this pandemic and the unknown. And people had a lot of questions and it was really important for them to hear each one of them to hear from the site leader because I was the one that needed to make the decisions. I was the one that needed to best. You know, guide how we were going to, you know, do the intake process, for example. And I made it a point to talk to each individual employee and direct them direct to me, not put somebody in the middle so we can hear each person's, you know, concerns, what they were worried about, you know, and address them. So it really put my leadership to the test, but I think it's been a lot for the better where I got to know people a lot more. And we can have more of those personal conversations about how they're feeling and what I can do to make them feel comfortable while they're at work.
1: It really struck me when in the article, you said that you went to actually trade the experience. <laughs> I thought that's a very remarkable comment to make. So I think the silver lining maybe from this time is that people have had a chance to grow and expand their lives in a way they might not have otherwise.
3: And this is Anita Bestelmeyer. And, you know, you talk about the chance to grow. So I also align with Lauren in that I think a lot of people were nervous and, and insecure about what the changes were and how the ambi- ambiguity would be addressed. And I think as a leader, our role is to provide that sense of stability and security that we're all in this together. That's one of the BD way standards. It's like we all help each other be great. We win as one BD. So we try to, you know, foster that mindset across all the team. But also, as you said, it was an opportunity to sort of rethink and reinvent ourselves. It was an opportunity for us to use that challenge to grow and you know seize the moment, to be innovative and to focus on really what was important and look for ways to simplify things for the better, so I was really proud of how our team you know rose to the challenge, delivered results that matter, despite all the chaos and the changing world around us.
1: I think one of the points that you made also is that how important team support is, and knowing that your team has your back and that at different times in life, you may need to lean on the team more than others just because of life circumstances. So a pandemic is certainly the time to really find that out, I guess. Yes,
3: yes, definitely. I mean, a lot of my team, my direct team members have been with me for so long. And each one of us has gone through challenges at different points in our life. And just knowing that they're there for me when I have to go through my challenge, but also that I'll be there for them, that sense of security and stability is really what kept us going throughout the whole pandemic.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Did any of this affect the way you mentored people, your mentoring styles, for example? Did they change? And I'm really curious about that because I'm thinking that the up-and-coming women engineers and leaders are going to have to deal with you know, even faster-moving Potentially more complicated sets of problems in the future. So, did any of this, just the turmoil of the pandemic, affect how you mentored people?
4: Hey, and this is Luciana Taylor, and I think it definitely yes. You know, so a few things that we saw is just at Key Site in general, we put a much more formal process in place for mentoring, and that was part of us being able to reach out more formally and make ourselves as leaders available to others in the company that you know potentially were just at home and not quite sure exactly what to do next or you know what kind of security they would have in terms of their employment and how would they just even something basic as getting their job done, their daily job done. And so we did create, we also actually during this time saw a lot of employee networks arise. And there was so much instability happening in the world during the pandemic anyway, so we did see almost like this program that was unifying folks across the company, across the globe, literally towards this common goal of helping each other get to the other end of the spectrum. And unofficially too, you know, a lot of mentoring started taking place, me specifically. I think because we were more visible via cameras, more accessible because we're always online, I found myself connecting with folks from that I hadn't really talked before or met before. And... The final thing that I noticed around mentoring is the conversations about mentoring became more in the forefront. You know, it wasn't necessarily just in the year-end or about career mentoring. It was about, you know, just in general, how do I adapt? How do I continue to deliver the value with different circumstances that I have right now? So I think just having that ability to be more available made a huge impact. And something that we are continuing forward is really having the emphasis on connecting employees with our leadership team.
2: Mm. Yeah, those are great points, Luciana. This is Lauren. And it made the conversations around mentoring and just the conversations with you know, those employees more real. I mean, I felt very comfortable sharing with them you know, some of the struggles as a leader that I was having um, and being a mom, right? You know, a daughter was, you know, doing her first year of high school from, you know, from the computer and as most kids were, right? And just uncharted territory, but it made those conversations more real. And I think what really helped too, is that it, by us as leaders sharing our own situations where we felt comfortable sharing those situations, that it actually makes us more approachable and people feel better opening up and when people have a safe environment where they can be transparent and they can share, you know, some of their struggles, it makes that mentoring relationship, you know, more authentic, you know, and again, you know, just the relationship between leader and employee, you know, more accessible because it's about being human, right? And what we all go through, you know, every day and how we're all personally dealing with it. One other
3: thing that I'd like to mention this is Anita is about Even peer-to-peer mentoring, I felt that that went up during the pandemic. And one of the things that I lead is the Technology Leadership Development Program, which is up-and-coming early career talent in R&D. And several of those are up-and-coming women leaders. So the sense of community that they had and the peer-to-peer sort of onboarding and helping people while in the program, as well as having formal mentors assigned I think, really helped them because a lot of them rotating around to our different sites, they were virtually onboarding, they were looking for new houses and moving to new locations, working on remote teams. They had so much going on. And I have to say that they flourished during all these challenges. And I just think that that just speaks to, even during recruiting, how we want to really look for those people who can deal with ambiguity and change and can make themselves stronger overcoming a lot of these evolving circumstances that they're going through.
1: Yeah, I'm really struck by the fact that some people really flourish during a time that, you know, most people have regarded as just a very painful time. But I do think it speaks to relationships, authenticity, transparency, and as someone just said, being human. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to shift a little bit. During the pandemic, most of us did have to go from working in person to remote. And I think we all know that when working from home, it can be really difficult to find that line between being at work and off work. And so what are some of the ways that you and your team struggled with work-life balance? And what are some of the ways you and your companies adapted?
4: Oh, and this is Luciana again. So I think one of the major differences that I noticed that came about with the pandemic was that before COVID, I never really had my camera on. You know, I had several one-on-ones with folks in, in several continents, but just never really had that need, and it was just being on the phone was good enough. But turning on the cameras—that simple act of having the ability to look people in the eyes—and making the point to starting our discussions with a personal note, I think made all the difference in the world. I couldn't be there and and have that real-time feedback as to understanding what people were potentially going through, but just pausing and saying, how are you doing today? What happened this weekend? Whatever day of the week it might be, right? It helped me learn. I started a new role during COVID, so that was a little difficult as well. But during these virtual one-on-ones, I actually got to know people personally, you know, and because I was not necessarily in a group team, in a big group or team setting, it also allowed me more private time. And I learned a lot about different cultures. I learned about struggles that folks were going through the pandemic at different times as they hit different nations, you know, different countries at different times, and allowed me to really just get to know them.
1: And with that, helping them navigate. Through the stresses and transitions that they were going through themselves. Yes. And I think just having that acknowledged by another person on the team makes a big difference just in terms of getting yourself on keel,
2: (laughs) keeping your own sense of balance and actually hope as well. Yeah. This is Lauren on the, you know, we have a lot of work that has to be done, you know, mission essential work that has to be on site and, you know, as well as a lot of mission essential work that could be done at home. I was on site since day one and. You know, I was actually new to the role as a site leader. Again, of almost a small city, if you will, because it's that big. Our site and all of our people are geographically dispersed among several buildings. And what we made it a point to do was get still try to get in front. You know, while being responsible and staying within the COVID guidelines, is being in front of you know as many people as we could. Social distance, so they can see. You know, they can see the site leader. You know, face to face. And we would start these uh, mini all hands types of uh, um, engagements. We would start them off with a battery check, and just making sure everybody's okay, and thanking them for being there, and thanking them for you know contributing to the mission essential work that they're doing every single day, whether they were on site or whether they were calling in from Zoom. You know, making it that point just to make that personal, you know, connection, whether it's camera or, or again, face to face. And with the face to face meetings, we had over 70 of them again, because we had to be, you know, socially distanced, you know, and the like and, you know, lead by that example. But getting in front of the people really made it more personal during this, you know, during this time of the unknown and doing those battery checks. A lot of people really appreciated. That leadership was reaching out face to face and asking them first before we talked about any business or conducting business, asking people first: Are you okay? Is everything okay? Check your battery. We have resources for you if you need them as well. And that's one thing I really appreciate about you know the companies you know putting you know the health and safety of our employees first.
3: This is Anita, and I think I appreciate that Lauren's uh, site had to be. For the most part on there because they had they were essential workers. I work at a research facility where part of the facility is in the labs and part of the facility could work from home, similar to what Luciana said. And so we tried to create some team-building events that were virtual that could have everyone join in via their computer. And we tried to create other ones that we could do outside where we could socially distance and get everyone together to still sen- have that sense of community. That sense of team building, even though we were maybe some of us working from home, some of us working in the lab. And then the other thing that I think was really important was at the highest level of our company, from Tom Poland, who's the CEO, on down, there were multiple sessions that were held talking about mental health, talking about making sure that we were not burning out, we were taking care of ourselves. Back to what Lauren said in the very beginning if you're not good, you know, with yourself, you can't take care of others. The whole idea of the servant leadership was that, you know, he made several suggestions such as blocking off time on our schedule, reserving time in the evenings where we were unplugged and, you know, not sending that email to have, expect someone to respond until normal office hours, even open sessions where leaders were talking about mental health and well-being. And it just made it so human and so transparent that everyone felt comfortable voicing what they were going through, whether they were afraid, whether they were anxious, whether they were excited. Everyone went through a range of emotions and just being able to talk about it. And the overall message was basically you have to take care of yourself first in order to take care of others and encourage all teams to discuss these topics openly and be flexible on how we were dealing with it for each individual team and each individual site. So that really resonated with so many people during the pandemic for us.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it did. Do you see any of these adaptations becoming just a permanent part of your culture?
3: Absolutely. You still see people blocking their schedule. You still see all the things we've learned so much from what we've gone through, basically. And now people are so much more open to talking. There's a big speak up culture that BD is talking about. Like if you're feeling something, you should speak up about it. If you see something that doesn't make sense, even if we're, let's say, working on a project and might be heading in the wrong direction and you think you can head it in a different direction, being open about speaking up and making sure we're always focused on providing the most value and that we're headed in the right direction as well as just making sure you're checking in on each other. I just I think that everyone believes that the leaders have opened up so much more. They've learned so much more about the leaders than they ever have before and there's just a sense of community here that I think is not going to go away now.
2: Yeah, that's such a great point, Anita. This is Lauren again. Is it feels like everybody has their it has each other's back a little bit more, right? And yes. regardless of levels, regardless of titles, um, you know that everybody is looking out for each other, you know, just a little bit more, and you know, holding each other accountable for doing what we're supposed to be doing, and at the same time, you know, having that personal, that personal contact and that personal edge is how are you? You doing okay? You know, you look a little down, or you're a little bit quiet today, and and it just feels like a safer you know a safer environment to speak to speak up and share you know how things are going again regardless of you know the level or the title of who you're talking to which is great again it makes it that much more human
4: <laughs> yeah lauren and anita this is luciana and i agree with you i think one of the things that i did notice is even in our corporate surveys to our employees yeah used to be that we had a focus that was you know, very, very much business driven and results driven. And we still have that. But what is new is there are the majority of the survey now is actually centered around the well-being of our employees and how in questions like or words like feeling, you know, are part of the survey. And we have done several of those since the pandemic started and we're adapting, you know, based on employees feedback to make it all more human. You know, how Lauren mentioned earlier in the beginning. So I do think these changes are here to stay, and it does bring a whole new level of openness in terms of the communication and discussions, as both Anita and Lauren mentioned.
3: And even that sense of servant leadership that Lauren talked about at the beginning, the ones that were doing that all along, if basically, they didn't really have to change that much. I mean, Lauren did say she changed, but it was just to to adjust to the situation. I think probably she was doing a lot of the things that a servant leader does anyway. And so now it's just bringing that to the forefront. Like if you take care of everybody and they feel empowered, you're going to get awesome results. And so that's just coming naturally where before maybe it wasn't recognized that really what that is what it was.
1: So moving along, I'd like to talk about a very specific situation where dealing with a prior disaster can make one more resilient in the face of a current one. So Luciana, can you share your experience of this? Yes, and for sure. This is one of those things that I always have to take a deep
4: breath before I talk about this. And I never know how it's going to end up. But What I can tell is uh, the greatest life changing event in my life so far happened in 2017. And I have a very precise date is October 9th of 2017. And that was the night of the fires in Northern California. And for me and my family specifically, uh, the Tubbs fire, there were several fires, but the Tubbs destroyed our house that night. And those events, you know, that night and the few days and weeks and years after that will stay with me forever. It was a very surreal evening or night, actually, by the time we realized that we had to leave our house, it was roughly three in the morning. And it turns out, I found out later, the fires had actually started at 9 p.m. So you can imagine what had already happened between that time. So my husband and two kids, we fled with a small overnight bag and our dog. And by the time my husband opened that garage door that day, the smoke was so thick that we couldn't even see past the sidewalk. You know, we had big embers falling. It was just super surreal. By the time we drove past our neighbor's house, about five houses down from us, that house was already on fire. So later, we found out that over 5,000 homes in entire neighborhoods were actually destroyed in Santa Rosa that night. And over a hundred families of Keysight employees also lost lost their house that day. Now, what was inspiring about this terrible situation was really the way that Keysight reacted to this situation. It was simply amazing. They created what I like to say is an instantaneous community. You know, they immediately put together, and I'm talking about ashes are still falling from the sky. They had a distribution center with Keysight employees as volunteers was fully stocked with food, clothing, necessities, everything that I couldn't even think that I needed for displaced employees and their families. They developed support groups in our C-suite, our CEO, CTO, all of our senior leaders were actually there volunteering themselves to help make sure we're all taken care of as much as we could during that short time. So, you know, in addition to that, they also look at other things that they could do to help us. Unfortunately, many of us were fighting with our insurance companies during that horrible time. And our company made lawyers available to help us out. Mental health, I know Anita mentioned mental health earlier on, counseling was made available in person and on the phone. And I can tell you, it made a huge impact personally for me and for several others as well. So with all of that, I think what we did as a company is we gained the ability to predict and know how to reach our folks during pandemics or during you know devastating times because we lived through the wildfires you know because we lived through that there was a different level of personal outreach and support that was put in place across the company and i almost feel like a lot of us developed this muscle for caring about our employees first you know it was very evident during those few weeks after the fires that priority number 1 was employee safety and well-being so when we reached the pandemic, it was almost like time to put our playbook in action. So we knew that employees and their safety came first and we drew from what we learned in 2017 and amplified that globally across Keysight. And I think, you know, lastly, having gone through these fires and having gone through this experience, allow me to draw how to really get through the pandemic in a way that wasn't potentially as impactful for me as it could have been without this experience. And I think what I learned is, you know, you can never predict, you never know what's going to happen. But there are really four key learnings for me that helped me, enabled me and prepared me to get through the pandemic a little easier. One, knowing that it's okay to grieve. Two, Prioritize getting better. It's important to know that you're hurt, but that you have to prioritize getting better. Three is rely on your network. They're there for you. You have to put it into your network, but they're there for you to help you as needed. And finally, is create your own roadmap to recovery. It's up to you. It's up to each one of us individually or as families to really understand what that recovery roadmap looks like and then start walking towards it.
2: Wow, Luciana, that's an amazing story. And it's, you know, determination and perseverance out of, you know, devastation, you know, but it also makes for loyal employees to, you know, that type of culture where, you know, the company really looks out for you and knowing that the company is there and they are putting, you know, the people first. And not to that extent, but, you know, I lived in Florida for, for a short period of time, a couple of years. And it was our first experience with a hurricane and a hurricane. You can predict, you know, when it's coming, but it was kind of the same thing where, you know, the company made all the resources available of, you know, how to all the how to's of all of the people that had just recently moved to Florida at that during that time, all of the how to's of, you know, what to do, who to call, you know, how to address it. And then again, a lot of people lived very close to each other. Sounds like very similar to. To your situation, but definitely not to that, you know, extent. And I mean, it wasn't a big hurricane, but it was the same type of, you know, sense of community and everybody looking out for each other and the company, making all the resources available for, you know, for the people. So, you know, tremendous resilience out of, you know, something like that. Thank you for sharing that.
4: Yeah, absolutely, Laura. And I think it is, it really makes our company feel like an extension to our family, yeah. you know, and they put it in practice, what they were preaching, And yeah, so it really helped all of us heal a lot faster. And it allowed us to also have perspective in, you know, when the next thing happens.
3: (laughs) This is Anita Luciana. Your story is extremely inspiring. And also, it just shows how much a reaction to something that you go through, not only personally, okay, you went through it personally, but then, you know, how your company reacted. And how your friends in your network reacted to help you through that. And I love also what you said about your individual journey and sort of deciding what what you needed to do that was right for your family and your situation and how that has brought you stronger in dealing with what you are, you know, what the pandemic has brought. I just think, you know, of course everyone faces some kind of challenge, but what you went through is quite telling and how strong you are because of it is also very telling.
1: I really love the fact, Luciana, that, you know, the things that you shared that you learned from this experience are really takeaways for anyone dealing with anything difficult. Certainly, you know, acknowledging the pain, and then being it's okay to grieve, but you have to make a priority of getting better to rely on your network of family and friends and coworkers, And then mostly, most important, I think, is creating your own roadmap to recover. But in a way, only you know what that looks like. So thank you for sharing such a profound experience. So as we come out of this pandemic, What other advice could you share with our listeners that would help us to be better prepared, more resilient when the next crisis comes along or the next time that we find ourselves in a crucible of pressure and stress? So, Anne, this is Luciana. I think I'll just leave you with maybe three points that
4: I tried to apply. First is to not dismiss or minimize how everyone is reacting or feeling about the crisis, right? It's important that we acknowledge it. Second, be transparent about what you know and you don't know. You know, we don't, we don't know everything as a leadership team. So it's important to acknowledge there are things we simply have to wait. But work with the team on visualizing what is that that future will look like and then give them tools or work together as a team to build the steps together to get to that place, to help them visualize and achieve, you know, what is the next step after the pandemic or after the crisis?
2: Yeah, great, great points, Luciana. Taking care of yourselves, you know, and, and each other. It's been such a challenging time for so many of us. And it's important that we all, you know, take a minute, allow ourselves some grace, uplift one another and allow our purpose to help us drive us through. Right. And always asking for help when you need it. Again, regardless of what level we are or what our title is, you know, we all need some help every now and then as well and asking for help and you know relying on that network and and the company to help you.
3: And this is Anita. I guess what I'll leave you with is just that change is all around us and sort of how we deal with it defines us as a leader or as an associate. So as we've all heard, you know, everyone deals with things in different ways. Being flexible and having that sense of teamwork Really can work to energize people towards a common purpose, and I always say, I always try to look for the positive in each situation, even though you're going to be thrown at a challenge and use it to make yourself and those around you come together and grow stronger. and I think that teamwork and that sense of purpose can move us forward in the right way.
1: Well, Anita, Lauren, and Luciana, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. I think this was such an insightful and encouraging conversation. I am Anne Perusik, and from all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. If you'd like to read more about Luciana, Anita, and Lauren, check out the winter issue of SWE Magazine at magazine.swe.org, and be sure to share on social media.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to leave us a review and share this episode with your social network. Thanks for listening.